right, welcome back, everyone. This is Isaiah Newkirk, and you are listening to the Training Edge podcast. Um, I've pretty great guest with me today. But before I introduce him, I wanted to let you know some additions to the podcast coming up. Um, so starting here shortly, I will be doing a deep dive episodes into the biggest races in the country. Uh, this is actually inspired by the episode that I did a little bit back um, of how to complete Unbound and Leadville without training. So if you haven't heard that one, I would go back and give it a listen. Um, I was my own guinea pig for that one. So um, what are these deep dives? Basically, it's uh, the pre-race prep calls that I have with my athletes and just putting that into a podcast form. So it's pacing, equipment, um, what to expect, tactics, weather, really just everything. Um, and I'm going to be doing this for each large race in the States. But to start out, I'm actually going to be doing this for Cyclocross Nationals that is coming up shortly. So you can expect that. Um and uh, yeah, we do in other races like Valley of the Sun, Tucson Bicycle Classic, BWR, and so on. Um, and that'll kind of go along with uh, timestamps for when the races are are coming up. So hopefully be partial to when you're going to be doing them as well. Um, if you have any races that you want me to cover, please do reach out. Um, if you're just pumped on this idea, also reach out. Let me know. Uh, best way is probably through Instagram. I'll include the link in the show notes. So uh, normally I publish these episodes every other week, but uh, the deep dives will probably be, be on the off week. So even if you don't really have much interest in those deep dive episodes, the normal episodes will be still hitting on the normal week. So um, which leads me to today's show and my guest. So my guest is Scott McGill. Scott is currently um, racing professionally for wildlife generation, but just signed a contract with human powered health. Uh, Scott has been around for a while, but I would say you know, many would agree with me that this past year was a big breakthrough year. So, um, Scott, you can correct me if I'm wrong on any of this, but just some brief highlights really just over the last year. Um, you had two wins, a points jersey, and three more podiums at Portugal. Um, you had a top 10 in Italia and a top 10 in Rwanda. And then you also capped it off um, with getting into the primary break of the day at World Champs and putting on quite a show for all of us. Is any did I mess any of that up? No, I think that's that's right. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <Not a bad year. laughs> um, and that's just on the road. I mean, you've been destroying the cross scene as well. I kind of breezed through those um, just because it's a lot of results to look at. But um, you've barely been out of the top five, and I think you've always been in the top 10, maybe minus one or two. So like not a bad way to just kind of carry things along. Um, but yeah, thanks for, thanks for being here. I appreciate it a ton. Um, and, but before we dive into it, I kind of wanted to start with, uh, a glimpse of kind of who you are. Um, so how would you define yourself, you know, away from maybe even a bike racer, how else would you define yourself? <laughs> well, it's hard not to be only a bike racer nowadays, yeah. <laughs> especially when I'm doing road and cyclocross. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Just was kind of a normal kid, I guess. Did a bunch of other other sports. Did like cross country and, and uh, track in high school. And um, but now nowadays it's mostly mostly bike racing. I do enjoy you know like hanging out with my dogs and yeah. hanging out with my at home you know with my girlfriend and. But it's hard to do anything else yeah. <laughs> to fit yeah. it in. Uh, focus. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so you're a dog person. What dogs or dog do you have? I have uh, two dogs. They are half Brittany, half English Springer Spaniel. Nice. 
And I so, we had their father, and okay. we bred him with the same uh, mother twice and kept a puppy from each litter. Wow. wow. Yeah. Full family line. Homegrown, uh, yeah. Small, those are small-ish dogs, right? Like yeah. Dogs? Okay. I call them lab dogs, but they could still, like, kill a raccoon. Okay. <laughs> Worthwhile size dog, yeah. basically. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Uh, I have a Doberman Great Dane. Oh, wow. Okay. Me, so, a little different. Um, yeah. <laughs> he's, like, I think his, in, his entire life he's picked on, like, one deer and... I don't, it didn't really go that great. So yeah, he's, he's kind of harmless, but, um, anyways, well, that, that's cool. That's always, uh, it's good. You're not a cat person. I'm happy. Um, yeah. so I wanted, my next follow up question is, uh, why do you race? So why do you race bikes? Uh, that's kind of a good question. It's fun. First of all, um, it's satisfying to kind of, prepare for something and and try to like do something really well i guess mm-hmm. um i've always done it so i don't really, like i you know i've been racing since i was like nine started like mountain biking so it's kind of something I've, I've always done um yeah yeah hard I mean, to answer that's but that's fair what do you uh <laughs> What keeps you motivated to like toe the line? Like when you all the races this year, I mean you've done quite a few. Like what do you, what keeps you motivated to to show up? Um I don't just trying to get like I guess to get the best out of myself is what motivates me. Um so like I just wanna try you know and you know, trying to win, obviously. Uh I feel like that's an obvious one. Mm-hmm. But Aside from that, it's just, like, trying to, like, you know, I only have the talent that I'm given. So, to try to get the most out of that and and do the best I can with what, you know, kind of cards I'm handed um, is kind of what motivates me. Okay. Do you, do you feel like you have been dealt a good hand? I've been dealt, like, a medium hand, I'd say. <laughs> <laughs> So you still have to work hard, basically, is what you're saying. Yeah, I don't think I'm some kind of super talent or anything like that. Like, I yeah. definitely have to, yeah, I got to train. Um, I can't just get up off the couch and and do anything. But, yeah. Um, so, yeah. I mean, that's fair. Um, <laughs> what, uh, so, I mean, that that's good because that would be awkward if you basically told me that you didn't train. It would make this <laughs> really, really boring <laughs> yeah. places to go. Um, so I wanted to go back a little bit, um, and we can kind of retrace your history a little bit. So you, uh, uh, how, how many years were you on gateway? Uh, a year and a half. Okay. Oh, not, not too long. Okay. Um, and then you went to Evolo, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I went to Evolo in the middle of the year in 2019. Okay. What was your was there like a, a race that you particularly started with or was that like Utah or what was that? Yeah. Yeah. So I moved to Evolo. I think I was the only race I did that year with them. Okay. Nice. Tour Utah. Yeah. Nice. Um, and then you spent three years with them, four years? Uh, I guess, yeah, two and a half years. Okay. All um, right. And then, yeah. And then two with wildlife, right? Just one with wildlife. Just one. Okay. All right. Yeah. So this year is my first year. And then beyond 
gateway were you racing much or was that kind of when you started yeah i did a year so like when i was a junior i wasn't very good um and then i did a year in belgium actually on like an amateur team just Hmm, doing caresses so i was there like the whole year wow yeah uh overstayed the the 90 day rule a little bit um (laughs) (laughs) and then and then decide like and so i did a semester at school and then took a semester off in the spring and did the whole year in belgium and then came back and then joined gateway and continued to go to school wow and that was uh what what gave you that idea what made you decide uh i'd gone over like before as a junior just for like three weeks at a time mm-hmm. um and i stayed with like a family that like houses cyclists basically like their house is like divided in half and half is for cyclists and half is theirs sweet and then they had connections with like this amateur team and it like seemed like a i mean i you know you can go over there and race almost every day within an hour's drive of wherever you are so yeah. Yeah. Made sense versus like staying in the U.S. when you got to fly to every race. Yeah, it's it's just easy. It's yeah amazing the infrastructure that's there and just the freedom that that brings. I mean, how many uh, races were you able to do when you're over there in that period of time? Uh, I think I did like sixty races, maybe <laughs> sixty-five. Yeah, yeah. It was a lot. <laughs> yeah, nice, nice. I mean, it's one way of learning. What was uh? Do you have like a big standout takeaway that you got from that experience? Um, kind of just learning how to suffer, I guess. Yeah. Um, cause every mm-hmm. race was full gas. Like, so there's no easy races. Um, right. That was one thing I never, and I, like back then I didn't really, like I showed up like out of shape, like in the winter I didn't really train. Like I was riding, but not, not like what I'm doing now. <laughs> so like I was also it, you know, racing when you're out of shape, I think is good because it teaches you how to, like, if you're always, if you can always do whatever you want, you're not going to be, yeah. you're not going to be like tactically smart or like be able to like learn little things to move throughout the bunch and save energy. Cause you can always just pedal your way up to wherever you want to go. So if you, if you race when you're out of shape, it teaches you how to be more efficient and how to, uh, you know, save your energy wherever you can. Yeah. Yeah, I get that. You got to learn to fake it a little bit more. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, wait, so you did that at like, what, eight, 17 or something like that? Oh, it's first year U23. Oh, okay. When I did okay. That. Yeah. yeah, so 18, 19. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, would you would you recommend that to others that are kind of like in a similar uh, pathway or age to just go over there and just... Yeah, yeah, because you, I mean, you can always, you can always go to college later, you know, you'll, they'll take your money when, whenever, it doesn't matter how old you are, but, but bike racing is on a, a timeline, Yeah, I, especially nowadays, you know, like I am 24 and felt like I was, you know, almost like too old to, to make it, you know, um, but, so yeah, it's definitely, uh, You'll, you'll learn whether you want to do it or not, for sure. What You said that you felt like you were almost too old to make it. When did that uh, strike you, I guess? When you first got out of U23s, or when did that kind of hit uh, you? Well, 
I never, you know, especially after after Portugal when I thought, you know, uh, well, you know, here's my results that I needed to get in order to, you know, make it up to the next level. And it didn't come right away. I just thought that maybe I was too old. You know, if I was 19 or 20 and and winning races like that, uh, it probably, you know, would have been a contract immediately. Um, but it yeah. took a little longer, which is fine. Um, and I, I, you know, I feel like I barely squeaked my way. <laughs> Did you get any feedback on that? Did you get uh, directors telling you that, that that was the reason or no? No, okay. not necessarily. Okay. No. Because I, I mean, I, I, I think that's fair. I think, uh, especially now that I've stepped away from the riding world and then into more of a directing space, the other directors and managers that I talk to, that is like something that they're looking to is like what potential development is. So are they at the ceiling or do they have more to grow? And, yeah. um, you know, what is their worth for? You know, it's hard to look at athletes that way, but that's kind of how management sees it sometimes. So, unfortunately. Um, but, you know, anyways, uh, I guess. Okay, so going back to development, you um, did that gnarly stint in Europe. So that's awesome. Um, and then did you go back there with Gateway? Because I know that they did some trips. Yeah. Abroad. Okay, cool. Yeah. So you kind of kept that European or... Um, basically just international race experience developing then. Cause I know uh-huh. Evolo does a lot too. Yeah. Yeah. They do. Evolo especially does a lot. Now when I was on the team, we did a few trips, but not, not like what they did this year. Yeah. Um, but yeah, with gateway, we went back and I guess that was 2018. And then I was like in decent shape. So I could like actually, you know, compete Play. in the race. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 What it, uh, I w- I meant to ask you this later, but we touch on it now. What, um, what races kind of cater to you? Like, what races or parkours do you most look forward to? Uh, I mean, obviously, I'm like more of a sprinter type of rider, but I'm not, you know, necessarily like a pure sprinter. So, races that are like finish and I, I guess you could say like a reduced sprint or like a hard sprint, like an uphill sprint or, like a sprint that, you know, that it doesn't necessarily have to be reduced, but like has some rollers going into it and ma- it makes it like a hard, not, not like a highway sprint. Yeah. That makes sense. Uh, <laughs> and like, you know, I like like a technical final, like scrappy. Do you like fighting? Like fighting for I position? I like it. Okay. <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> fair. Uh, yeah. You don't hate it though. It's no, like, I mean sorry. it's part of the it's part of the game. So you got you got to do it. No, I wouldn't say I enjoy that part of it. But okay. have you like always been good at it, or did that take you a while to to kind of master? Um, I'd say I'd always not been afraid, I guess, um, of stuff like that. Uh, but. I don't know. Just the more you do it, the easier it gets. Like like this year, when I went to first race of the year in February, first road race, I was like scared just from like being so close to everybody else because I hadn't done it in so yeah. many months. Yeah. And then like three races in, I'm like 
right back at it. Like, you know, I don't, you know, care. <laughs> so it just takes something. To, I think it's just something you got to get used to. Yeah. Of just like, yeah, being so close to people going so fast. Yeah, I get that. Um, yeah, just the time to remember what it's like and to make it normal again, really. Yeah, um, yeah exactly. I wonder, uh, have you always raced cross? Is that something that's always been kind of in your program? Um, not really. I've done it from, a, like, I did it when I was young, but not really, like, just, like, a few races every year. And then I did it through college, but, like, never trained for it at all and just like would do like collegiate nationals every year and then last year i did like the full thing for the first time like the full uci calendar um and then this year kind of have been like dabbling a little bit but i'm curious is does it cur like does it help that shock of getting back into the pack to race cross well i don't know i don't it's not the same yeah it's not the same yeah, because cross you're not you know you're too there at the start and then it's like single file. Yeah, and yeah. also the consequences are much less in cross because if you crash, you're going fifteen miles an hour <laughs> on grass versus thirty miles yeah. an hour on pavement with like street signs and stuff that you can hit. Yeah, worst thing <laughs> that happens in cross is you run into a curb or a barrier or something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, have you has uh I'm getting a little off beat here, but have uh teams mostly been in support of you racing cross or have they seen that as like a something they kind of wish you wouldn't do i think it's like they don't really care either way um i wouldn't good yeah they've been in support but yeah that i don't think they as long as i'm i yeah i don't really know honestly (laughs) (laughs) i uh the reason i ask is because i mean one of my first, I think one of my first contracts had like no mountain biking in it, no skiing, yeah. mountain biking, all that stuff, no, no cross, none of that. So that's good. I'm glad the sports. They always good. say that. I think they just print off like a generic. Yeah, a generic. <laughs> yeah, and it just it always says like no inline skating, and I'm like, who's inline skating? Like that doesn't. Like, <laughs> that's what I wanted to do. Yeah. <laughs> my yeah. goal in life. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, hey, that's. I think it's cool that you're able to kind of extend that um so uh okay back to development <laughs> um so evolo gave you obviously like a good stint of but what was your kind of like i guess trajectory or development curve through evolo and then obviously over this past year like what i'm trying to get at is kind of like when was the the tipping point where you kind of really started to click with everything yeah i wouldn't say there was really like a tipping point it was more just like consistently getting slightly better all the mm-hmm. time like, I've never really, like, had, like, a big injury or a big setback. Like, obviously, you know, little injuries and sickness and whatever. But, like, I've always just been consistently improving for, like, the last five years. Like, really, like, just a little bit every year. Um, And then it finally, like, clicked into actually, like, winning races. Do you think that was more form-based or uh, execution or, or tactic or, you know, what what do you think was like the uh, probably mostly like execution and confidence hmm. uh but i was in, like i was in pretty good shape then in like in portugal yeah. so i mean yeah <laughs> it didn't need to be in good shape. that didn't hurt yeah it definitely yeah. didn't hurt yeah but like definitely after like the first stage i won the first so there was a prologue 
mm-hmm. and we didn't even have like time trial bikes. So, you know, that was like basically not a competition. Yeah. Um, and then the first stage I won, um, was just a bunch sprint. And then like, that was kind of like a shock, you know, like, holy shit. <laughs> and then after that i was like all right i can win these things like then i had confidence you know then i rode like i could like a winner you know like i was like and we knew the whole team knew we could win that way so every stage we could that would could have been a sprint we made it a sprint yeah and and then like kind of having and then after that you know having the team ride for me like that like kind of put the pressure on a little bit, which was good, I think. So then I, I had like a lot of like internal pressure to either, you know, to win or podium or, or you, you know, so, so you, you like pressure. Pressure is a good thing. Internally. Yeah. Mm, okay. Not externally. Not like, yeah. Cause then like <laughs> one of my worst races this year was the, uh, the Maryland cycling classic, yeah. which is yeah. like, you know, I've been training on the, course for, down race yeah. yeah exactly yeah um and there was a lot of external pressure and for whatever reason that just like imploded on me mm-hmm. and i had yeah not a good race it was still you know an awesome day to race so close to home but as far as results it didn't go so well but that's like an environment thing right like that's uh was that or did was that something that you kind of like put on yourself well i guess where did uh, that was more just like a lot of like media attention and stuff that i wasn't used to interesting okay i think um i could have said i should have said no to a lot of it but i like agreed to a lot of it which was you know personally my fault (laughs) and then kind of like everyone was expecting something out of me whereas like in portugal nobody even knew who we were yeah yeah and then so it's like nobody expects nobody expects anything what uh i'm assuming like I mean, you're within the eyes of the UCI, you're going to be professional next, next year. Uh-huh. Um, and you're going to be doing some pretty big races. So I guess, what do you, do you have plans for how to handle some of that like media attention or pressure in the future that you probably will have? I'm assuming. Uh, just say no. <laughs> <laughs> Hide. Yeah. You don't have to talk to anybody. You don't That's want true. to. So. That's true. <laughs> technically control that <laughs> yeah. all right all right all right fair enough um yeah and i mean i i assume that part of it's going to be you know getting used to it as well yeah having yeah, exactly. in the face more often kind of thing um, yeah yeah um well i mean i think the the interesting part is well okay i have, I have a question then um so evolo like Obviously, Creed's a great director. Like, that's a good program. Um, Wildlife, uh, you have, like, people running that program that have been doing this for a very long time and are very knowledgeable. Um, And then, obviously, very strong riders. Um, I still don't know what Noah's doing next year, but, like, obviously his own uh, class of rider in itself. So what do you think... uh, if you have to look back and I know this is a little bit of a loaded question, but if you have to look back and say, all right, well, it's more the team than the actual rider, but do you, you kind of made it sound like it was the rider that has to kind of like step up to it first. And then the team can actually like follow it. I guess, where do you land on that? I'm not sure if that's actually a a question that makes sense, but 
Um, yeah, that makes sense. And I think it's a little bit of both. Like, you got to have the guy to, like, win, right? Mm-hmm. But, say, like, at a race, like, at Joe Martin. Were you at Joe Martin? Oh, yeah. Yep. Was yeah. There. So, like, at the start of Joe Martin, the director, Matty Rice, said, we have we have four leaders or four potential leaders, basically. Like, four guys who could be in the mix. And mm-hmm. Johnny Clark was not. One of them. One of the guys. But, like, that's <laughs> yeah. how the race played out. And then we rode, you know, and then he won He won the thing. So, yeah. yeah. It could it could go, you know, you don't necessarily, like, at the continental level, it's like, you need, you know, you don't have the guy all the time. You kind of have to just, like, whoever is in the right place at the right time gets their chance. So, it's... uh but you expect that then to, I mean, I, I know the answer, but you expect that then to change um, stepping up to the next level then, or as it subsequently each level, you expect that to change a little bit? Uh, I guess. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Your guess is because mine. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think it depends on the race too. Right. You know, sure. Like, sure. like every team, no matter, unless you're the, you know, one of some of the best teams in the world, you have those races where like you're there to win with this rider or, it's you know, you're it's you're in a little bit above your head, and you're like, all right, it's kind of more of a, like a little free for all. If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. I wonder. Uh, so the teams that you've been on, I'm sure the directing style and and like race approach from the team has been very different. Like, how would you categorize each of those approaches? Uh, wildlife's definitely you know more old school. I'd say. Hmm. Um. What do you mean so by that? Uh, just like, like we had, you know, a mix of like Johnny is like, I don't know. He's like 38 or something. He's old. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's, been he's, old. he's been around. Yep. And he's like more of like the road captain, I guess you could say, or like director in the race. Yeah. What I would call him. And, you know, he's been around a while and he just kind of like races with the mind. It's hard to say. He races with a certain mindset that's just, like, calm and, like, just kind of waits for your opportunity, I guess. Hmm. Okay. Um, All right. But, yeah, I mean, definitely definitely old school. It's hard <laughs> hard to explain. And then – I get it. Hey, Volo, what the question was, what is the, the racing style? Yeah, like a hey, racing Volo, and directing style. Yep. Oh, hey, Volo was more of a uh, – because it's a U23 team, you don't mm-hmm. necessarily like wildlife. It's more like you're here to do your do what you're told or do your job. And Avolo was more of a more of a free for all, but not in like a bad way. Like that sounds bad for a team to be a free for all, yeah. but like you can yeah. make your own opportunities, right? On it, you know, yeah, like, yeah. You show up in shape and you get in the, you know put yourself in the right place you can make your own opportunities. Yeah, I get that. I mean, it's pretty evident with how Creed directs and um, the racing style that he usually approaches. It's very uh, advantageous kind of, um, it almost ends up being sink or swim kind of racing, um, which has worked. So, um, so I wanted to touch stepping away a little bit from racing. um, I wanted to hear a little bit about your training and just uh training focus training style uh, methodology what you tend what you have found works for you over the last uh 
you know, couple years of uh-huh. doing this? Like what? Yeah. So what have you, what have you found kind of fits you the best? Uh, well this year, uh, that like before Portugal and before the world, which were my two kind of big, like good races, mm-hmm. um, pretty much all I did was like massive rides, like zone two rides, like seven hours, six, seven hours, you know, three days and then a rest day. And then three more days of six or seven hours, which was kind of, it kind of sounds like not traditional, but, and I, I, you know, who know who knows if I could have been in even better shape if I would have prepared in a more traditional manner. But like, you know, I, I threw some sprints in there too. Like in the beginning of rides, just do four or five sprints. Um, but yeah, that's kind of how it worked out. Like I before Portugal, I, that's not like, like, that's just kind of what the, like, we didn't get the invite to like two weeks before wow. Portugal. Wow. So that also plays a part in it. Like I was doing some mountain bike races and stuff. And then wow. we got the invite and I was like, all right, I got to like get some miles in. So I just did, you know, massacre. So what were you targeting then? I guess, were you targeting anything and then you, or, or no, I was just trying to get through the race. So well, I was no, no. So originally, like beforehand. So like, if you didn't know that you had oh, the invite, like going into that time period, what were you thinking? Mar- Maryland. Okay, Maryland. Okay, all right, all right. Yeah. fair enough. Fair enough. So the I, I guess the idea was like you know do a lot of big miles, go to Portugal, not use not use it as training because that's like not not a thing anymore, <laughs> or yeah. shouldn't be a thing. If we're going to a race, you should go to try to win. Yeah. Um, but then you know do that's an 11 day race so get that in the legs and then recover and then you're pretty much at maryland which was like maybe three weeks after portugal the end of portugal so yeah that was the idea going in but you were still that sounds like then you were using that race as like a launching pad um of you know speed too um and it's a huge overload because it is a massively long race um but obviously you didn't that you know didn't need that (laughs) um that's that's fascinating that you did basically just a gigantic volume overload were you just cruising like on those long seven hour days were you just spinning around super easy or was that something that you were kind of on the pedals like all day long uh no just zone two so just i mean it it you get tired obviously I don't know if you could do any pace where you could ride for seven hours and not be tired, but so <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I'm not able to, um, is, but you live, so where do you, you live in Maryland then? Yeah. We're yeah. pretty, so your terrain, like your local training terrain, is it pretty rolly punchy or is it? Yeah. There's like no flat, not no flat, like not more. Like, there's probably not even a mile of flat road. (laughs) Like, a consistent mile. So, like, actually doing, like, intervals is, like, pretty hard. Yeah, I'm sure. Um, Because there's no, there's no, like, there's stop signs everywhere. And there's, you know, it's, like, rural. But there's just so many roads that there's no, like, flat road I can go do intervals on. But it sounds like Um, your terrain might even give you dynamic micro oh, yeah. intervals yeah too. yeah yeah exactly it's not like i'm doing the same power for seven hours yeah, straight yeah it's okay. it's yeah it's pretty dynamic for sure that's good all right fair enough um had you one of the questions i had was how many race days do you know how many race days you did this year 
No, I have no idea. <laughs> I would guess around 50. Okay. All right. Maybe more okay. with cross too. Yeah. Maybe yeah. more. Cross racks them up pretty quick too. Yeah. Um man, that's yeah, that's a good bit. So, um I was curious how you kind of like compartmentalize your year. So obviously like you've been racing for a very long time because when was the first race of the year for you? Um I did the Cyclocross Worlds. Okay. In January. <laughs> Didn't see that coming. Yes. Yeah. That would be the first one. <laughs> yeah. All right. Fair enough. And then um, what you, so then you took an off season, I'm assuming. Uh, well, no. So. <laughs> All right. I'll let you walk me through. Yeah. <laughs> going back, I guess going back to like cross nationals last year, I took an, I took uh, probably a week, maybe 10 days off after that. Okay. And then train for like a week. Then I got COVID oh, in January. So like I was okay. planning on doing like a training block for the worlds. Got COVID. So didn't. And then train for probably another week. And then race the worlds. Um, How did that go? Uh, it was like, okay, actually. Okay. All right. All right. Yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> I think I faked my way through it because it was dry. So it's easier for me to like cheat my way through it when it's yeah. dry. Yeah. Um. A little bit, but I was like, I was like 24th, which uh, it's decent. Yeah. Um, so then did the worlds and then immediately on like no training and then went to Turkey and started racing. And, and then, and then did Antalya straight in, basically straight into Rwanda. Yeah. Like a week apart. Yeah. God. And then we were in Turkey for until tour turkey and did like a pretty big so that was in april wow so like end of february all of march and beginning of april we were in turkey doing like a training camp wow so yeah your your training was the racing then in that scenario yeah essentially okay. until yeah. until that kind of block of in turkey when we were tra we were training together for two months basically right yeah so you seem to respond pretty well, like uh, maybe well is not the right word. Fast. You respond fast to kind of like overload stimulus. Is that is that correct? Um, yeah, I guess you could say that. Yeah. Like. I think like especially this year and and going into next year, like I think I'll what I've done is take instead of doing like a big off season and then a big build and everything like yeah. end of the year, it's yeah. more like smaller breaks and smaller, like I'll take a week off here, a week off there. Hmm. Um, instead of doing like a month off the bike and like getting fat and then like <laughs> <laughs> get yeah. back on, you feel like shit. And <laughs> it takes you two months to get back to like being able to ride comfortably again. I don't know. I think it works better for me if I take smaller breaks throughout the year and, and race like m more. Yeah. And always have a, always have like a goal. Right. I mean, dude, that's the, that's the, the pro Connie world tour lifestyle right there. Yeah. So that's great. That's perfect. That you'll fit right in. Um, what was, all right. Two questions on that. But I'm curious first, how was the training in Turkey? What was what what is good. it like? What is training in Turkey like? It's re it's really good actually. Um, like we were staying at a at a hotel, so mm -hmm. and and there like they have buff like not like in America where 
Right. There's no food at the hotel. They have they have <laughs> yeah. buff, you know like a buffet for. So we were eating at the hotel every day, um, and the weather was like what the locals were saying when we were there was it's the coldest they've ever seen it, but it was still like like fifties maybe it was like the coldest day. Nice, maybe fifty. So you, typically it'll be like sixty five, sunny. Um, you know we were staying right on the beach. Wow. Across the street was the beach. Um, wow. and then there's. You're, and then the mountains are right there too. So we could either, and then there, there's coastal roads. So a lot of times we would, you know, do do a loop or whatever in the mountains, and then motor pace along the coast on the highway behind the car, or we would go do like, like we we did a lot of like race simulation type stuff. Um, a lot of a lot of motor pacing. So and then leading into Tour of Turkey, we we were usually going off the car. Then we rented a scooter. And then we put Ricey on the scooter for like five hours straight <laughs> That's <laughs> and just rotate behind the scooter. And then kind of like at the, at the end of those rides do some kind of, some kind of effort, like whether it was like just, just going till last man standing coming into town or yeah. going, you know, doing a, a, a hillier route where, you know, you get those like punchy efforts towards the end of the, towards the end of the ride so it mm-hmm. simulates a race because you know if you go out and do you can do if you can do however much power for 20 minutes right out the gate it doesn't really matter because that you know there's not many races that are like that right yeah man all right cool i mean d- how did you guys find a scooter over there just borrowed somebody's i think we just rent he just rented it right. from Sweet. somebody in town so you can always you can barter your way to yeah. anything yeah <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Uh, I mean, hey, so then uh, how did a uh, tour of Turkey get, go then after the fact, after that? Good. Um, Noah, was it our goal going into tour of Turkey was for Noah to win the KOM jersey and yeah. he won the KOM jersey. Sick. So it's cool to like have a goal, like a specific goal like that, especially because that's like an achievable goal. And, and then to accomplish it was like pretty satisfying. So, yeah. How do you, do you lean on the team to help you with that? Or, or do you go into each uh, race that you do with a goal? That was the team's goal. Sure. Goal. Sure. Sure. But sure. like in general. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think every rider has their own personal goals going into a race, but what, once you show up, it's like, you know, whatever the team whatever says goes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah, it's uh, – are you getting – because, I mean, like, with each race you do, I'm sure, especially in different countries, you're learning those race styles and learning what to kind of expect. Is that kind of becoming, like, easier for you? Have you found that that's made a big difference or or that didn't really matter? Um, yeah, I would say it's becoming easier for that, but – yeah, and a, a lot of the races, um, like they did last year, like Rwanda is obviously like different. Uh, Tour right. Turkey they did last year. Uh, Antalya, I don't know if they did Antalya, but anyways, like having someone there who's done the race before helps. Like even Johnny at Portugal, he did it in like 2011 or 12 <laughs> or something, like way back when, and it's like still kind of helpful. Right. To to have that like insider knowledge a little bit. Yeah. Well, um, 
so I've raced in Portugal. So I'm curious, like, obviously it was a great race for you, but like, what did you think of the, the racing and the stages and stuff like that? I thought it was awesome. Uh, I mean, there's a lot, there's a lot of fans and like that yeah. race in particular is like huge there. Like lot, lot of people at the, at the starts and the finishes. And then like, you know, it's like on the news every night. Like I would just like go to the hotel and it'd be like our team on the news, Sweet. like just on the TV. <laughs> and like I would go, like people were recognizing me like at the gas station and stuff, like in the middle of nowhere. So that was, it was like a different experience. You wouldn't get that in the U S um, especially for bike racing. Yeah. <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> uh, and then like a lot of the finishes are, are like tricky little finishes, a lot of uphill sprints, a lot of technical finals, um, which is, you know, good for me. So yeah, yeah, the racing definitely suited me. Um, and the people were awesome. So yeah, it was, it was great. Yeah. Hard not to hate it. Yeah. The yeah. Fans there were pretty unreal. That's for sure. Um, in, a, in a good way. <laughs> <Sometimes. Yeah. laughs> Although I think that's the race. I had somebody grab a bottle out from my bike on one of the final climbs. So that wasn't so great, but you know, yeah. Yeah. The final crazy. stage, the final mountain stage was crazy. Yeah. Like they would all, people were up there all day and they were yeah. like drinking all day, obviously. And then they lined the roads in their empty beer bottles. <laughs> you're going yeah. up and it's just yeah. lines of empty beer bottles. And they're just, people are screaming at you the whole time. And yeah, it's cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what we need. Um, so, uh, I guess, you know, you're in the thick of cross season, but um, what about looking ahead? What kind of training are you going to be uh, kind of implementing now? I think you have a camp coming up, right? HPH. Yeah. So I'll, I'll train for, for cyclocross nationals and then probably start just doing some bigger, bigger miles through December on Mm -hmm. my, on my own. And then, Head over to uh, I got I think Portugal is where the the camps yeah in yeah. January camp is yeah actually back to it and then <laughs> and then uh, yeah probably start racing right after that so not much training in between but um yeah like I said that's probably probably best for me to yeah be honest. fits you um yeah. I'm curious because obviously you know there there aren't many athletes that I've found that can take that style of training approach as far as mentally being able to stay in it. Um, so yeah, I'm curious, like how do you mentally stay fresh? How do you mentally stay eager? I guess is, uh, through all this. Um, I mean, I I guess obviously I like doing it. That helps. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like say if I have, you know, a bad race, I'm like even more eager because I want another chance. Right. Or, and like, for example, after U.S. Nationals this year, I had a terrible race in the road race. You know, I was like tired. I knew I was like something was off going into it, but I just, I kind of like didn't want to say it out loud. Like, oh, I'm tired. Cause then like I was admitting defeat. So right. I was just trying to like hold it together, but obviously didn't go well. I mean, the crit was fine, but that doesn't take much fitness um (laughs) yeah so and then after that just i took like a week off like i said like at least and then um and then july i didn't do i did a few mountain bike races just like to mix it up a little bit 
and then started doing then then by the time you know after a week off the bike i'm like already motivated again to like get back to work um tired of sitting around so it doesn't take you long it doesn't take much time okay like like this in october when i I took two weeks off in october after the first week i was like dying to get back to it but i forced myself to take two weeks off huh man that's awesome. And I wish that worked with me. <laughs> um, what's do, so you mentioned like mountain biking and then obviously like cross is, is variety too, but do you find like variety within training, like helps that, um, I guess to keep things fresh or keep things different enough? Um, yes, but like not in the way you would think. I think like doing like a period, like I'll do this type of training for three weeks and then I'll do a different type of training, not for like the next three. So variety in that, but not like variety and like I'm doing something different every day. Like I'd rather focus on one thing, like whether, whether it's usually it's like doing massive rides. Cause when you're racing so much, that's kind of like I, what I find helps yeah, yeah. Um, the most. So I'll just like, yeah, do, I'll focus on doing that for two weeks. So it, it's, do you, what about your intervals? So when you do intervals, are they fairly like sharp and uh pretty high intensity stuff or how do you how do you do that i would say it's more like uh race replication Hmm. stuff Hmm. um so like doing more yeah i would say it's more high intensity uh, than than like more like i don't really do like tempo intervals or anything like that yeah um so it's more yeah like explosive training i'd say it's it sounds like you do i mean you basically do the combination of block periodization and polarized training is what it sounds like. Um, yeah. I can I, say, yeah. You can say that. What about, so uh, 2020, for example, mm-hmm. what did you do in 2020 when there was no racing taking place? Nothing. Nothing? <laughs> really? <laughs> I did a bunch of other stuff that didn't include, right. I was still like riding, but like, well, let me take that back. So <laughs> when the pre- pandemic, like first, happened mm. i had nothing to do you know, like everybody so i did like massive rides like i did i did a 300k ride yeah. i did i was doing 200k rides like probably three or four times a week for like a month God. i don't know I, like i said i'm like a obsessive person so i i was just like all right this is what i'm doing for the next month and i'm just gonna like do that and then i kind of like shut down a little bit once it was like all right there's no racing this year then I found other things to fill my time yeah. that didn't include riding my bike. <laughs> what what are what are some of those things? What other hobbies do you? A lot have? of drinking beer. A lot of. Uh... <laughs> a good hobby. That's a great hobby. One one thing I was doing, I was uh. So we have like goats. Oh, you you have goats? Uh, cool, man. Yeah, we have you, goats. You didn't mention and that I... when you said you were a dog person. <laughs> oh yeah, I've got goats. And then I I started uh, like ranting out my goats to uh like clear people's yards and stuff wow like brush and stuff like that. wow <laughs> yeah so i was doing that i was uh doing like some crabbing and like because there's crap you know like on the chesapeake yeah. bay and, yeah like, did a lot of that um wait so how, how yeah. many how many goats does it take to clear an average person's yard i'm curious i uh, i had like six working goats wow but it depends on like how much you could you can you know 
sure. control them. Like if you put them in a massive place, they're not going to be able to clear it. But if you concentrate them on one area, then they'll I demolish it. It's a whole thing. Wow. Yeah, that's, wow. like a whole that's amazing. Thing. Yeah, <laughs> so you basically made a, a business model out of that. That's a, that's impressive. Yeah, I wouldn't say I made like a ton of money doing it, but it was like something. Yeah, yeah. Wow. I mean, uh, it's a pretty big thing here. I don't know if it is for yeah. you, but we have like huge herds of, of sheep that will get moved around. That Yeah, for like fire control yeah. and stuff. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, around here it's not, it's more just, it was more like residential type okay. stuff I was doing. Huh. I could have expanded, but then like, I don't know. I was like, yeah, I'll start riding my bike again. So I, you know, sold a few goats and <laughs> what's your, what's your goat load right now? What, uh, what's your right now? We've got five and they're just like pets now. That's pretty good. So, but at one point I had 13. <laughs> that's pretty, yeah. that's a lot. <laughs> yeah. That's a ton. All right, man. I didn't know that about you. That's, 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 that's cool. All right. Uh, I'm glad we got into hobbies. <laughs> So um, when you take a break, so you mentioned like you take these week long breaks throughout the year, do you, what do you do? Do you try and like separate yourself from the bike racing world as much as possible? Or do you just like, what do you do? No, I don't do any of these like social media fasts or anything that, that seems people yeah. do. I, I don't, I, no, I like, I like bike racing. Like I like it. So like I, still pay attention to what's going on you know like i watch it and stuff and like i don't ever get mad at my bike or something <laughs> like, like i don't <laughs> i don't chuck it into uh, a ditch kind of thing yeah i yeah. I really i enjoy it even like on social media and stuff so cool cool yeah man you uh yeah i'm just super impressed at how i guess like mentally how fast you could recharge i just I, i'm yeah, that's amazing. Um, and it, I don't see that very often. It's cool. Yeah. And I think I try not to take those longer breaks because like in 2020, like if I take too long, I'll find some, I'll start renting something else, you know, like I'll find something else to do. <laughs> like I need to like take, you know, take a week off and then get, get back into it. Got it. You're like an all in kind of personality then basically. Huh? Yeah. 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 Athletes. Um, so next year, what are you, what are you excited about? Uh, yeah, I'm going to live in probably Girona. Okay. You are um, living there full time. Well, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Like I'll, I'll go from January until June probably. And then come home for like nationals and, and some of July and then go back for the, until the end of the season. So like, yeah, half the year basically. And then. Yeah, living in Europe should be good. Um, doing different races, like, and not having to travel as far as all the races would be yeah. would be nice. Yeah. Um, and obviously, you know, like, Human Powered Health has uh, a very international roster now. So yeah, that'll be that'll be cool to get to know guys from from all different countries. Um, yeah, but I'm. I don't know. Not really looking forward to too many things in particular. Just excited to kind of get to it. Yeah. Do you speak any other languages? No. And I'm terrible at learning languages. <laughs> I've been doing the, the Duolingo yeah. thing and like it's it's bad. My girlfriend like picks it up so fast. <laughs> I just can't. <laughs> I don't even know. I, yeah. It might not like. Yeah. I'm not. Not. That's not one of my skills for sure. Yeah. <laughs> I've. 
I've also found like because English is such a dom, like a, it's one of the primary languages even under the UCI that like you don't really need to know most of yeah, and especially with technology now, it's like you can get by. So uh, yeah, maybe. Like, and I feel like if, if you try to speak a language to somebody, they're just going to respond to you in English anyway, because <laughs> yeah. you have like a yeah. joke. You know? yeah. yeah. When I was in France this year, they would look at me, like kind of turn their head and then respond to me in English. And I'm like, yeah, cool. Great. You're welcome. <laughs> uh, well, uh, dude, well, uh, thanks for, thanks for joining me. Um, yeah, we, I think we covered quite a bit. I appreciate it. Uh, good luck next year. Yeah. Just enjoy thanks. it. Yeah. Um, hopefully we get to see, hopefully we'll see you guys at a couple of races. That'd be good if things just happen to align in the right way. Yeah. So, that'd be awesome. Yeah. Are you, I mean, you might not know, but are you going to be coming back stateside for any races? Uh, probably just nationals okay. and then Maryland, maybe Okay, cool. like, you know, depending on roster and everything. Right. Cool. Sweet. Um, well, yeah, dude. I mean, I guess, uh, do you have any Thanksgiving plans? Since it's nice. Uh, I'm I'm smoking our turkeys. All right, well, that's something. So, yeah, <laughs> something. Gonna be cooking all day on Thursday. Yeah, nice. And then I've also got my uh, nephew's first birthday party this weekend too. Cool. And I'm wow. Cooking a whole whole pig for that. Wow. Dang. There's a lot of smoking meat coming up <laughs> in my future. Culinary <laughs> skills. It's great. Uh, yeah. Be your next career. Cool. <laughs> all right. Well, thanks, Scott. I appreciate it, man. Yeah.